Hello, I'm Ben Eagle, a podcaster, journalist, and rural communications consultant, and welcome to Rural Business Focus. This is the podcast for rural businesses and those looking to start a business in the countryside. Episodes are released each Tuesday to inspire and support you to be your very best, both personally and for your business. Please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, and if you think this episode will help someone you know, forward it on to them. It's the only way the show grows, by you sharing it. So thank you for that. But now. Let's start today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of Rural Business Focus with me, Ben Eagle. Now, what's holding back your sales? That's what we're talking about today. Could you be doing more? Do you need to work on your mindset? Is it a fear of rejection? Or maybe it's just about finding the time to spend more time doing sales. Uh, Well, this is today's focus on the pod, and I am thrilled to be joined once again by business coach, Cara Best, who is going to take us through her thoughts regarding what could be holding us back from achieving our sales growth. And I'll also be asking her about her farm shop and she's doing things a bit differently with that particular business. And I should also say, which I'm not sure how much info Tara can give us, but she's got an exciting rebrand coming up as well. So we might hear about that. Tara, great to have you on the show. Welcome back to Rural Business Focus. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. I loved our conversation last time. Yeah, I, I it still it still sticks with me. And listeners, please scroll back. Um, I think it's episode uh, episode fifty six from memory. Scroll back and listen to that one if you haven't already. That one we were talking more about mindset. This one will be focusing more on sales. Uh, but for anyone who who hasn't listened to that episode, can you just start by introducing yourself, I suppose, telling us a little bit about you, your backstory and, um, and what you do? Oh, so I am a business and mindset coach, two roles that I fell into completely by accident. So back in 2015, I was a very un- unhappy employee. I was working as a manager in the hospitality sector. And as part of that role, I was kind of forced to do the social media and PR and brand awareness and branding. And it was actually the part of the job that I liked the most. And I was just so unhappy in this role. And I just remember I kept driving home from work, just wanting to get home and open a bottle of wine and just think, oh, God, thank God that's over. (laughs) And I was just so unhappy, but I didn't know what I could do. So around that time, I was applying for lots of jobs. So I was looking to do my accountancy qualifications. I'm not good with numbers, so that wasn't ever going to end well. I looked into doing a master's degree. I thought I could retrain in land management. I just had no idea what I wanted to do or what I could do. Now, a few years prior, I had graduated from the Royal Ag College um, in Cirencester, um, now a university. And nice. an amazing, amazing time. And that business degree taught me so much. And I absolutely loved it. But I just kept feeling like I wasn't able to use it in some way. So when I found myself applying for all of these jobs in the summer of 2015, I just didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I didn't know what my skill set could be put towards. I didn't know what I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just almost finger in the air, just seeing what I could possibly do. 
but just kept getting no, 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 no. Like rejections were through the roof. But I just kept, kept applying and just thought something's got to land at some point. And around that time, I met a gentleman who um, was setting up an equestrian lifestyle website. And I didn't even know what one of those was. But I'm somebody that I love people. I love hearing their stories. I love hearing what drives them. I love hearing what they're up to. And I basically offered to write this guy a blog. He said yes. And days later, I was unemployed and suddenly offered a job as a journalist working for him. And that was the start of my self-employed journey back in June 2015. Amazing. Yeah, sort of fast forwarding to today, um, you work with a number of a number of clients, one of whom actually I met at an event on Friday, uh, which was really nice. And he, he spoke about how he's been working with you, which is very exciting. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what you do, your services, and maybe a bit about the rebrand that's coming up as well. Yeah, so when I kind of started my business, I was very much focused on being a journalist. I loved writing articles and doing social media. And that kind of naturally evolved um, into coaching. And it was back in 2017 that somebody actually asked me to coach them on social media because I had shared that I was getting some great results from my clients managing their accounts. I didn't know what a coach was. I didn't know how to be a coach. It wasn't such a big thing back then. But I said yes, knowing I could just figure it out later. And I just absolutely loved it. You know that feeling where you think this is what I was meant to do. Like yeah, this is this is my thing. Hands down, this is one hundred percent what I'm on this planet for. And I did that coaching session with him and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And his reach went from three hundred to thirty thousand overnight. And I just thought, oh my god, this is it. This is the thing. So that's when I started coaching and primarily started with the social media coaching. And then kind of realized that people were actually wanting me to help them with their brand awareness, get featured in magazines, and um, people were wanting help with sales. So I then started offering a little bit more business coaching, just based on my own journey, based on the results that I had helped my clients get so far. And again, that was absolutely amazing. And then in 2018, I fell into the world of mindset completely by accident. Now, I live on a farm in the Cotswolds. My husband's farmer. We've got grass-fed Aberdeen Angus beef. At this point, we didn't have our farm shop. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to do mindset work. I don't see why mindset is going to help me hit my goals. But this coach that I just signed up to recommended that I got into it. But I just remember thinking, no, you know, this isn't what we do. You know, I'm not going to sit here on my farm, meditate <laughs> in the morning. I have a horse to feed. I've got things to do. I haven't got time for this mindset stuff. And she basically told me to get over myself and just do it. So I got over myself and just did it. And it has honestly changed my life. So now I very much blend the strategy, which is very much around sales and social media and content and messaging and blend that with the mindset work. So the mindset work is very much about helping you feel more confident, helping you remove what's been holding you back, helping you believe in yourself, helping you be so blinkered and so laser focused that no matter what anybody else is saying or no matter what what is going on in the external world, you can still have that level of belief that you can create the success and the results that you desire. So that's what I do with my clients. I've got clients at all levels, from those that are just starting out to those that have built a, a certain level of success, but actually really want to scale or grow a team or increase their profit um, or branch out in different areas and everything in between. That leads us on very nicely to today's topic where we're talking about growing sales. And I thought really to set the scene for this, I wondered if from your point of view, you could just outline really what the main or common barriers are um, or challenges that businesses face 
when it comes to achieving the the sales results that they want? It very simply comes down to three things, mindset, money, and marketing. Um, And actually within those things, you can then almost um, take that down into little subcategories. So when people think about sales, a lot of the time, I think they think that they can just post more on social media or just throw some money at ads and just hope that, you know, they'll give an influencer a product and suddenly they're going to sell out that product. It'll magically go up. Yeah, exactly. And magically they've hit hit all of their money goals. Um, But actually, fundamentally, the first thing we have to look at is the person's belief system. So sometimes we actually have um, a cap in terms of what we feel we can earn. Sometimes we believe that actually people aren't spending right now, or we feel that, you know, we can't have the certain level of success we desire. And all of this is down to our mindset. So I had a really interesting conversation with a client last week who she's a high-end photographer and she basically just came to me and said, you know, I don't think people are spending right now. And I invited her kindly to talk to me about her ideal client. And she said, right, she's a woman in the Cotswolds. You know, husband works in the banks in London. She's got three kids at private school. She's got a swimming pool, a tennis court. They've got four four or five horses at home. They've got a live-in groom. And I said, do you think that person's impacted by what's going on right now? No, that person is not impacted by rising costs or anything like that. So sometimes our mindset can almost catastrophize things or it can tell us these stories or we have external things coming into us that actually really impact our beliefs around our own sales. So that's the first thing I want your audience to consider is what are your beliefs around generating sales right now? Do you believe people are still spending? Do you believe that people really value your product or your service? And it has to be a full body belief. It's not just a, yeah, I believe it. But deep down, you're like, you know, that feeling of anxiety and worry that feeling is what's really going to manifest. So that's the first invitation, I think, is really analyze and consider what your beliefs are about people buying right now and about your ability to sell right now. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to raise. I'm going to raise the cynic question. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping most of most of the listeners to this podcast, well, they're thinking along these lines anyway. But rather, I suppose going back to you mentioned earlier when when you were in those sh- shoes of. You, you were thinking about business coaching, think, well, I don't have time for this mindset stuff. What would you say to someone who's thinking that? Firstly, I look at how long you spend scrolling social media every day. <laughs> I yep. think so many people say they don't have time to do something. They don't have time to work out, do mindset work, work on their business, and yet can sometimes spend a lot of time binge watching, selling sunset. I mean, I'm all about selling sunset, <laughs> but I do it when I've prioritized my things. Um, but it's very much about your priorities, you know, and I genuinely now know that prioritizing my mindset and sometimes that's actually just checking in with myself throughout the day, questioning thoughts that I've got coming up, recognizing when I hear someone say something and I feel that it catches me in some way. It's it's recognizing those things and then prioritizing. So when we talk about mindset work, I don't want your audience or anybody to think they've suddenly got to commit to sitting like a Buddha, meditating for three hours every single day, because that's not sustainable, it's not achievable. But actually, it's starting to think about the thoughts that you have. It's starting to have awareness over the thoughts that are actually creating your results. So when we think specifically about sales, sales are actually reverse engineered from your mindset. So when we have thoughts, whatever they might be, those thoughts create feelings. 
So let's say you have a thought that people aren't spending right now. That thought is going to create a feeling. So that feeling in your body might be worry. So what then happens is that feeling is then going to impact the actions you take and the actions you then take will impact your results. So if we can have awareness of the thoughts that we're having before it then um, stimulates this feeling, we can then start to think about managing the thought to manage the feeling. And then we're taking the action in the right feeling. So the way that I look at this for myself is I know that people are spending. Like I know I have proof of it in my stripe. The farm shop has never been like never been busier. So for me, I think, right, I know that people are spending. So that thought is I believe that sales are always flowing to my businesses. I believe that that feeling that I feel is gratitude and optimism. So I can feel optimistic that that's going to maintain. I can feel optimistic that we might get more next time. So when I take an action, such as showing up on social media or launching a new offer, I'm taking it from that right energy. So actually, it doesn't require a huge amount of time. If people can be mindful of their thoughts, recognize the feeling that then comes off the back of that thought, and then they're taking energy Um, sorry, they're taking action in the right energy and the right feeling, it's going to create a positive result. I'm going to go left field a little bit here and and put this into the context of uh, the current uh, unrest and uncertainty in the farming community, um, especially in Wales. um, There's it feels to me, it feels like there's a lot of fear out there, a lot of anxiety and a a lot of anger as well. Um, But what would you say to farmers out there who do feel a bit uncertain um farmers who perhaps are more reliant on commodity markets say in, in global prices it's so 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 hard when we can't control things and i think commodity markets and weather are two of the biggest ones and they are two of the biggest challenges um but for me and it's something i kind of share with my husband all the time is we can only manage our emotions and how we feel when we can control something yeah so we can sometimes let the thoughts spiral. So sometimes we can think, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, everything feels really hard right now. And that thought then spirals. And as soon as that thought starts spiraling, what then happens is your mind will then find evidence and memories to back it up. So this is how people get stuck in ruts because they'll wake up one morning and their mind instantly goes back to what happened yesterday or instantly goes back to the stress and the worry they're feeling. And then the thoughts start spiraling once again. And when that thought is spiraling, the, the subconscious mind will then give the give you memories and evidence to back it up. It says, oh, yeah, do you remember actually this happened last year? And do you remember actually you tried to change something and then this bad thing happened? So again, it's being so mindful that you can have awareness over the thoughts and catch them before they start spiraling. And I know that's easier said than done. And it takes so much practice to actually start taking control of the thoughts. Um, But an amazing, amazing, amazing technique that I would love for your listeners to to try. It's called a pattern interrupt. And basically, any time that you recognize a negative thought starting to spiral, You say cancel, 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 which basically stops that thought in its tracks. So when you then stop that thought in its tracks, I invite your listeners to then think about a thought that is actually going to serve and support them better. So let's say, as an example, the weather. We're sat here. I'm sat here in the Cotswolds. It is absolutely chucking it down. It's blowing really (laughs) disgusting. And will it ever end? I don't know. I bloody hope so. (laughs) We're going to get a ban and a drought after this. I hope so. Oh, we will do. Um, but again, you can step outside and think, oh, God, not this again. It's relentless and has been relentless for 12 months or more. 
So we can step outside and that thought can then start spiraling and we can just question our life choices. We can think, is it even worth it? You're trudging around in mud, your wellies are leaking, you think, oh my God, this isn't, this isn't worth it. At that point that you recognize that thought starting to spiral, that's the point to say, cancel, 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 deep breath, and just know that after any period like this, it's going to come right again. You know, everything does always balance itself out. Everything, you know, light does follow dark, drought does follow monsoons, um, good does follow bad, hot does follow cold. And we have to almost remind ourselves of that. You know, if you think of a river, river meanders, that river doesn't get pissed off when it goes right, but loves going left. You know, it knows it's always going to keep meandering and it always just works itself out. We know that the light is always going to rise. We know, I can't see the sun today, but we know the sun is still there and it's always going to rise again. And I think sometimes that awareness and that reminder can be so powerful in just recognizing that no matter how hard this moment is, it's temporary. And then when you're back out the other side, my goodness me, does it feel even better knowing that you've come from a lower moment. That was really useful. Thank you, Tara. Uh, let's uh, let's draw this towards goal setting um, in the context of improving sales performance. Um, and I suppose when it comes to goal setting, are there any strategies that you'd recommend for setting and achieving sales targets? Crucially, is recognizing how our minds function. So for me, when I started um, really looking into um, how our brains function, really looking into the biology and the science of how our minds and our brains actually work, that was when I was then able to start really accelerating growth in both the farm shop and my coaching business. So when a lot of people set goals, they almost just set them from a um, really non-emotional perspective. They just say, okay, well, I'm going to set the sales target. And I know I did this last month or I did this in this month last year. So this month I'd like to increase it by 25% or 50%. And it's almost so non-emotional. It's factual. There's no connection to it. It's just, okay, well, I think this is what we should do. If you can bring in a positive emotion into that goal and you think, right, last year I did this or last month I did this, imagine how it would feel if this month I did this. And you can almost feel that feeling of being like really proud of yourself, feeling really content, knowing that what um, knowing what hitting that goal is going to do for your life, for your business, for your family. And then you can feel that feeling. What that does is it stimulates the reticular activating system in your mind, which is your brain's own Google. Other search engines are available. <laughs> <laughs> when that has been stimulated, your mind is then trying to think of creative ways to help you hit the goal. So I'll use my farm shop as the example. When we decided to pivot that and change that in the beginning of December, 2023, we suddenly started getting really excited for the opportunities and the possibilities. So we had a completely um, automated service in there before using high-tech vending machines, and it completely stifled our business, to be quite honest. It was perfect in the beginning, and it served an amazing purpose, but it suddenly wasn't allowing us to stock enough products, and we were in there restocking all the time. And I spent all day every day on Zoom and was having to finish my Zoom call and dash out to the farm shop to restock, and it just wasn't working. So when we then took that system out, and we went full self-service, but in a really traditional manner with dresses and bookshelves. And it just looks really cute and country in there now. 
we were trying to feel the feelings of how it would feel to be checking the app, seeing all of these sales coming through, seeing that increased average customer spend, seeing people filling a basket of things rather than previously just buying a couple of items. Mm. And that feeling was like, oh my God, we've done it. I was getting my husband into this manifestation excitement <laughs> as well. And what that did is when we were then through the... um like going through the renovation and trying to really think about the products. And, you know, I was out there painting one morning, we were TB testing the week that we renovated and I was out in the car park painting at seven o'clock in the morning. It was pitch black in December and it was minus seven. And my paint was just nice. not really going into the bookshelf at all, but I had to get one of those done. moments. Why are we doing this? Oh my gosh. And I had to get it done before TB testing. And it was just absolute carnage. But I just remember being out there, I was so, so, so cold, had to get it done. The paint wasn't really going on as I wanted. And in that moment, I was able to connect back to this feeling of, oh my God, how's it going to feel? How's it going to feel on that day that we reopen after being closed for a whole week to see those sales? And that was what kept me going. And throughout that week that we were closed, we kept just having all of these random creative ideas. We then thought of actually something else we wanted to do. But it's those times that you give yourself chance to actually breathe and actually think when you're generally doing something on autopilot. I have a horse. So whenever I'm mucking out my horse, whenever I'm driving, it's those times you're on autopilot that your mind can then give you creative ideas that aligns to your goal. So the feeling of the goal is super important. How will you feel when you hit the goal? And then when you have that feeling and you can imagine that feeling, your mind can then start to think of the creative ways to help you get there. Let's talk about your farm shop um, and that particular business, because I am intrigued by this um, because you've, you've spoken there about how you've shifted things up. But take me back to the beginning in terms of why you started the farm shop, your your why in particular, um, which relates to your goals um, and, and what it provides for you on top of, because this is one part of many of things that you do. Yeah, so um, my husband started growing his grass-fed Aberdeen Angus herd about eight years ago. We supplied a very high-end supermarket contract um, for many years and just felt like it wasn't doing what we wanted it to do. And it was around 2019 that he really wanted to look for another way to kind of sell direct to the consumer. And we don't have retail experience at all, but thought it would be a brilliant idea to start a farm shop. Yep. <laughs> the only problem being... Usually the best way, don't have any experience in something, just go for it. Just do it. You know, you can always learn on the on the path to yeah. the journey. You can always try new things. And I'm the biggest person that just says, you know, say yes and figure it out later. So I said, right, let's let's think about opening a farm shop. But we didn't have our own farm at the time. We rented pockets of land from various landowners. We rented a set of buildings in the next door village from an arable farmer and just thought, right, well, we kind of need our own farm before we even try and start a farm shop. <laughs> so we were looking for farms. We wanted to stay in Gloucestershire, but we were looking in Welshpool. We were looking in Wales. We were just looking anywhere that we could find a farm, but just didn't really want to leave Gloucestershire. Um, and then eventually we found out that the farm that we actually wanted, which is the exact farm I'm sat in right now, um, was actually coming up for rent. So it's a okay. Gloucestershire County Council farm. Um, it's actually in the village that we lived in. So I used to walk my dog Kiwi past this farm. And one day I took a picture of it when the old tenants were in here and I put it on my vision board. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I just remember thinking, oh, I'd love to live there. Like there's no neighbours, stunning views. Close enough to the village, you can walk to the pub, which is always a win. Um, and this was the farm we really, really, really wanted. 
we had a very extensive um, application process and we found out we were the lucky new tenants in July 2020. And that was the point we thought, right, let's go for it, let's open a farm shop. The original plan was that we wanted it to be self-service, we wanted it to run itself. So my husband also does a lot of contracting, makes a lot of hay, sells um, organic forage all over the country. Um, I'm obviously very busy with my coaching business. So the farm shop had to be able to run and sustain itself. So we went for a self-service vending machine model. Um, we launched the farm shop in March 2022. So it's coming up to our two year anniversary. And like I said, for a while, that model worked. But we just found that the vending machines really limited our product range. Yeah. And I was in there restocking all the time or so I was in there restocking all the time and it just wasn't really working. So in the end of November 23, we actually decided to sell the vending machines um, and we went for a full self-service, very traditional look and feel farm shop. And what we kind of realized that really, really works with this is it really, um, it celebrates both foul passions. So Sai is phenomenal at growing grass-fed beef. He's such a grass geek, it's unreal. Like the amount of things he knows about grass and I, you would just look we, at a field of grass, right? You're wrong. You think it's just grass. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we love not. a grass geek. We love a grass geek on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you should come on. <laughs> but it's just amazing. He's so passionate about working with the environment and, you know, having really good quality grass. So that we aren't buying anything in for the cows. Absolutely nothing at all. They are 100% grass fed. They eat everything from our own farm. But we were able to kind of use his knowledge and skills and experience and mine from the marketing side to really push the farm shop. And I must say that the last couple of weeks of the farm shop have been absolutely insane. Like sales are insane. And I genuinely believe it's down to not only the quality product that Sai produces, but our mindset and marketing. Rural Business Focus is brought to you from Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialize in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organizations, and communities like you to tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there, and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast but you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. Let's talk about the fear of rejection. Because I think this is a key one when it comes to sales. I've certainly been there. I think a lot of us have. Um, so some techniques that individuals could use to overcome these barriers. And again, this is really an emotional barrier, isn't it? I, I think a lot of people almost catastrophize what the rejection will mean. So, so often when we want to do something, let's say you want to collaborate with someone or put a post on social media promoting your services, you have what is called duality of thought. So what that means is you can either have a thought that's like, yes, I'm going to do this. I've got this. This is going to be amazing. Or that thought can be like, but what if? What if it goes wrong? What if somebody that I went to school with sees it? What if somebody calls me out? What if somebody says I'm a fraud? What if somebody thinks I'm not good enough? What if they say, well, how can you charge that? And that thought then almost um, starts spiraling. You know, we've spoken about the spiraling already. But what we need to be mindful of is 
when that fear of rejection creeps in, what's the story that is being associated with it? So let's say for as an example that you want to put something on social media. We have that duality of thought. So we have the, yes, this is going to be amazing. It's going to help my audience. And then the duality piece is, what if somebody sees it and they think I'm a fraud? What if so-and-so says this? What if someone says no? What if nobody buys? What we need to do is be really mindful that we aren't letting that, um, that negative unwanted thought start spiraling. Because the second that that thought starts spiraling, your mind finds the memories and the evidence to back it up. Firstly, I think start recognizing when you decide to take that action in your business or you push yourself out there or you put your prices up or whatever it is, make sure that actually you can manage that thought of, okay, I'm just going to do this. It will be fine. What if it works out? Um, I back myself. I trust myself. It's going to be fine. Just do it. Put it out there. It's done. Draw a line underneath it so that that negative thought isn't then running riot. Secondly, I would actually question and invite you to consider what is the story you're telling yourself about rejection? You know, is it the fear of rejection that, you know, what if somebody says no? Is it that you think, well, what if I put this out and nobody buys? Well, if that were to happen, then what? Does it mean that you're a failure? No. Does it mean that you are going to fail in life and fail in business? No. But our minds will tell us the story that that is what's going to happen. So a classic example that I share all the time is let's say you want to put yourself out there on social media and you want to say something, but then this part of you is thinking, oh my God, what if I say that and then nobody buys? And what if I say that someone calls me a fraud? And what if I say that and then the girl I went to school with or the guy I went to school with used to bully me? What if they see it? They bully me again. And what if actually this one post means that my business fails, I can't pay my mortgage. Spiral, spiral, spiral. Oh my God, suddenly you're homeless on a bench in a park. I'm like, where did that come from? Purely from a thought of, I'd like to put this post on social media, spiral. So again, we almost want to think, what is the, what's the worst case scenario that your mind is thinking of? Because actually it won't be the case. It won't be the truth. And recognizing that enables you to reclaim the power. So I had this with a client recently who she was wanting to get a little bit chopsy with her content. She wanted to kind of stand in her power. She, she'll she say things to me on a Zoom call. I'm like, oh my God, that needs to be content. Put it on social media. <laughs> like, but what if someone sees it? So we kind of went down this train the other day and I said, okay, well, what if someone sees it, then what? Well, what if someone thinks I'm a fraud? Okay, do you know what you're talking about? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, so you're not a fraud. You're not a fraud then. No, you're not a fraud then at all. But her mind was almost spiraling like that. And I see it and hear it so many times that your mind can quite quickly spiral to keep you safe. That's your mind's primary job is to keep you safe. So when we think about putting ourselves out there, launching new things, generating sales, setting new sales targets, putting your prices up, your mind will want to just keep you safe. And it will do that in any way. It will give you the what if stories. It'll tell you about the park bench that you're going to end up on if you put a post on social media. And it's like, my goodness me, I just want to put a post on social media. And now my mind's telling me I'm going to be homeless on a park bench. Like, really? <laughs> Spiral. Taking that to the next level, though, um, what about someone who's feeling stuck? Um, so they might they might uh, have the confidence, but they might have reached a stage where, for example, they, they've got a strategy, they have a strategy, and they've, they've enacted the strategy. It's working. It's got them to a certain level but then they're feeling a bit stuck with their sales. What do you do then? So to me, that comes down to the mindset money and the marketing piece. So check back in with your mindset first and foremost. Are you believing what it is you're putting out there? Um, do you have that level of passion as well? 
So, so often I think people can get really flat talking about their own businesses or promoting themselves. You know, if you follow our farm shop account, you will see that I rave about our grass fed beef. Like I talk about it all the time. I mean, it I, sounds good. It is the best beef, literally best by name, <laughs> best by flavor. <laughs> um, but I'm so passionate about that product. Same with my coaching. I know it changes lives and that's not arrogance. That's confidence and belief in what I do. But I feel sometimes people don't have that level of passion and commitment and that level of belief in themselves. So firstly, when we're thinking about if your sales aren't where you want them to be, firstly, look at your mindset, tune back into your belief of what it is that you're actually promoting or selling or launching. Then we can then look at the money piece. So is it priced right? Do you believe in the pricing of what this thing is? Um, are you positioning it positioning it in a way that really aligns to the value that that thing can offer you or can create? You know, as a service provider, there are there are people that will pay for coaching at all levels. There are people that will pay photographers at all levels. There will people that pay for a consultant at all levels and price points. Your price point has to feel really, really good to you. Same from a product perspective. The steaks in our shop are not cheap. You know, people can come in and say, well, you can get a steak for a pound in Asda. That's fine. You go to Asda. We aren't Asda. <laughs> we aren't yeah. any supermarket. We produce a really quality product. But again, that belief has to be there. So from the money piece, just tune in with the pricing, make sure it's the right pri right pricing, make sure you really believe in it. And then from the marketing, I think this is where people kind of don't go all in. So the amount of times I have heard somebody say that they've put this new thing on social media, they posted, posted about it once and didn't get any sales. We have to keep talking about things consistently. It's, it's said now that people need to see something between seven and 47 times to remember it. So if you're posting about your business once and you promote this offer once on social media, chances are people are going to see it and forget about it. Chances are that they need to keep seeing that thing anyway. And actually, whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business, people need to see different things to buy. So from a serv as, a, as a service provider, a lot of people will just sell what you get. And they'll say, right, this is what you get. You get this eight-week coaching program. You get eight times one-hour calls. That's great, but only about 10% of the population buy that way. What about the result or the outcome? What about the support they get between the sessions? What about the community feel? You know, are they part of a community? And that's fine if that's not the case. But so often people miss the reasons people actually buy things. Same with the product. You know, are people just buying a steak or are they buying something that's grass-fed, that's farmed regeneratively, that's reared in a sustainable manner, that's super local. I mean, it's food meters, not food miles. You know, are they buying that experience? Are they wanting something that is just going to be like the perfect thing for date night at home? It's not just a steak they're buying. They're buying an experience. They're buying into the farming practices. They're buying something that makes them feel good. But again, I think people almost miss that when it comes to their sales. So really think about that. And just think about the content that you're putting out there as well. So people need to see so many different things to buy, but they also need to feel this connection to the brand. So do they have that connection to the brand? Whether it's a farm shop or a coaching business, they still need to feel a connection to the brand. But again, I feel sometimes people um, dismiss that as well. Oh my goodness, so many good things in there. Part, part of which comes down to knowing your why, knowing your point of difference. That's That's a key thing I'm taking out of that as well. But also, I'm going to reiterate that point you made there as well. People need to see something between seven and 47 times um, in order for it to go in. I think that's, 
I'm certainly taking that away. I'm, I'm sure that will resonate a lot with listeners. Um, that's yeah, that is incredible. And and actually that that leads me on to um, that idea of keeping on going. I suppose persistence and this 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 brings us back to that uh, feeling of belief, self belief. And I'm also rejecting that fear of rejection. We're going to reject the fear of rejection today. Um, why is persistence so important and, and what advice would you give uh, when it comes to persistence? Such a great word. Do you know, it's really easy to be consistent when you've got evidence of things working, when you've got the inquiries, when you've got the sales, when you've got the footfall, when you've got the website traffic. The challenge then is actually managing and maintaining that consistency and persistency when you don't have the results. Same self-belief. It's easy to believe in yourself when you have clients raving about you and people coming in and buying your products. That self-belief has to be maintained when you don't have the evidence. And that's where many people get caught out because, you know, they have this really high level of self-belief and they're like, yes, this is working. I've got these DMs. I've got these sales, great results, testimonials. This is amazing. And then their energy drops the second that they stop having that external evidence. And suddenly then they're questioning themselves and wondering if it's all going to work out. What also then happens is that consistency with their presence drops as well. So we said at the beginning, you have thoughts, feelings, actions, results. The thoughts create the feeling, the feeling creates the action, the action creates the results. When your self-belief is high because you have the physical evidence of things are working out for me, that's going to create a positive feeling. It's going to create a positive action. It's going to create a great result. But when that self-belief drops, when you don't have that evidence, the thoughts drop, the feelings drop, the actions drop, and the results drop. So I want you to almost recognize that it's amazing when you're firing on all cylinders and everything's working out. You're like, yes, this is great. This is amazing. That's amazing. Anchor that in, like check into your body, think, oh my God, this is it. And then also recognize when that starts to naturally drop, which it will, to just think, right, how can I get myself back into that place of believing in myself again? Optimism is one of the most powerful, potent feelings and energies there is. And the beautiful thing with optimism is you don't actually need external results to feel optimistic. So if there's one big takeaway from all of this, I think be really mindful of the feelings that you're having, because actually if you're having positive feelings such as optimism, enthusiasm, gratitude, even joy for what it is that you do, that's going to create positive result. But when you have a negative feeling such as worry, guilt, fear, anxiety, negativity, it simply cannot create a positive outcome. So sales, we can literally reverse engineer it back to our thoughts and back to our feelings. So hold that belief, hold that optimism, remind yourself every single freaking day that things are working out for you. You've got to keep giving yourself those reminders. You've got to keep giving yourself that evidence and that little pep talk so that actually even when you don't have the kind of external validation and the external results that say this is working, you can keep holding the belief. And trust me, this has been tested so much in my own life and in my own business that actually when it then does work, you know, the farm shop's a classic example. There were so many times last year we both wanted to give up. I can't even tell you how many times we wanted to close the shop, but we just kept going. I kept posting on social media, even though I really wasn't loving the shop and it was quite hard to keep posting and being upbeat. But then when it does suddenly work, it's like it compounds and suddenly all of the stress, all of the struggles, all of the times I kept posting, trying to be optimistic when we had no evidence that it was working, then compounds and the results are insane. Fantastic. And if that doesn't inspire anyone, I don't know what will. 
Uh, Tara, this has been brilliant. Is there anything before we go that when it comes to sales, is there anything we've missed, do you think? Are there any other points that might be useful for listeners? I think mindset plus marketing. Honestly, it is the frame, the framework that I live by and take all of my clients through. Believe in yourself, keep showing up, let go of thoughts that don't serve and support you and make sure that you're flooding your mind with success and inspiration and opportunities so that your mind isn't then taking on anything that's happening in the outside world. I don't listen to the news. I'm very mindful about who I have conversations with. So protect your mind and just keep being consistent. Posting once a week on social media just won't cut it anymore. It really, really won't. It's a very busy space out there, but it's such an amazing opportunity to be able to show up on a free platform. You don't have to put money into ads. You don't need to be chucking loads of money into Google AdWords or SEO. Make sure that you're really consistent. You're building that connection with your community. That's absolutely key. And just keep tweaking and testing things. I am forever trying different things on social media, posting once a day, posting twice a day if I've got enough to say, trying different Instagram story strategies, different hashtags. I'm forever tweaking things. And that's the world of social media. Just bring this back to you. Uh, I'm just interested in, uh, in terms of your business growth this year, your business journey this year. What have you got coming up? Um, and, and is there anything that you're doing particularly new in 2024? So I've got a rebrand coming. Um, we had a little joke before we started recording that I get very bored of things very quickly. <laughs> I my husband the other day, we've been married for nearly six years. And I said, you're lucky I'm still with you, to be honest. <laughs> I've rebranded so many times. I've pivoted so many times. And I just think I have this, this brain function and personality that I just don't want to sit still. And I think that's a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset as well. We like tweaking, we like evolving, we like pivoting, we like trying new things. Um, and I think that's really, really exciting. So rebrand is coming. Um, I will be rebranding to the best coaching company, um, fully embracing my surname, but also creating more of a movement, more of a company, more of more of a global presence. I've got such big goals with this company in terms of the impact that I want to create. So that feels really exciting. Um, I'm recognizing at the moment that there's um, there's a real shift, I think, into actually shorter term programs. So I offer programs from, you know, really short programs such as like a six week one-to-one through to a 12 month one-to-one. And there seems to be a focus towards shorter term programs at the moment. I think the past few years has taught us that actually we don't know what's going to happen 12 months from now. Um, and I've certainly noticed a shift in terms of goals with clients as well. So my focus is very short term. You know, I, I take lots of short term actions, but I'm still in the back of my mind connected to the bigger vision and the bigger impact that I'm creating. And I'm going to start writing my second book. So lots oh, of things. Wow. On. Yes. <laughs> so exciting. And uh, yeah, I I love. I mean, you you are honestly, Tara. You are the epitome epitome of belief in that in that bigger picture, and I think that is certainly coming across really strongly. I'm, I'm sure it is for listeners. Assuming that listeners are, are listening after the 29th, I don't know whether this is any different after the 29th um, of of February, uh, because it is leap year this year. Um, how do listeners find out more about you and your work? Where do they go? So thebestcoachingcompany.com and the best coaching company on all the socials. And I'll be relaunching my podcast as well. So I would love to have you on as well. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, thank you so much for coming on Rural Business Focus again. It is always such a pleasure. Uh, part of me just wants to have you on all. Part of me just wants to, to just give you the reins of this podcast and let you go. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> 
you're doing an amazing job with the work that you do. Absolutely amazing. Oh, thanks, Tara. That is it for today. We will leave it there. Huge thanks, of course, to my guest, Cara Best. Um, thank you very much for listening, as all, always. Um, your call to action today, what are we going to say for this? I think what I'm going to uh, tap into um, is that idea of tuning into your feelings. I think that's become really clearly today. But also that be consistent and persistent those two as well, and have confidence for moving forwards. I think those are my three takeaways today. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm so grateful for Tara for coming on. There's been a huge amount of value in today's episode, I think. Uh, next time, we will be talking about the importance of spending time in the outdoors, which I know even though lots of you are rural businesses, I think we still possibly don't spend enough time for ourselves in the outdoors i'll be joined by chloe revel who is the co-founder of change in nature fascinating organization there for now though i will leave you the way that i leave you every episode try to do one thing this week that helps you progress and one thing that helps someone else keep focused and i will see you next time